are listening to True Crime Fiction, feeding your addiction to the best of the written and the spoken word in crime. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as £1 at patreon.com slash truecrimefiction. There are many different ways to look at true crime. One can choose to take a feminist perspective or look at it through the lens of any of the professionals surrounding a case. The police, the psychologists, lawyers, the press, sometimes the lens of those who were victims or their families. It's fair to say that through the breadth and range of true crime podcasting, most lenses have been applied and soon as someone can think of a new one, it's going to be there. The letter looks at the murder of 19-year-old Zach Snarr in 1996. One evening, he went on what is probably the most adorable date I have ever heard of, photographing a full moon's reflection in water, and was shot dead by a complete stranger whose aim was to see what it would be like to kill someone. His date and long-term friend, Yvette Rodier, was also shot but survived her injuries. The shooter, George Benvenito, who left Yvette for dead, was soon caught by the police, tried and sent to jail for the rest of his life. Unlike most true crime podcasts which focus on the crime, detection or a legal case, the producers choose to focus the story on what happened to the Snor family and Yvette in the years following on from the trial. This is grounds where most podcasts don't normally go. I imagine because it is difficult, emotional, and for many people, extremely private. The snars react like many parents would be expected to. Shock, anger, rage, and something that not many people would be willing to admit to. Hatred. They had originally decided to press for the death penalty for Benvenito, until they were taken on a tour of a maximum security prison and realised that there are some punishments which are worse. Over the years, though, the Snores found that the anger they were carrying was becoming too much for them and slowly began the process of letting go, helped along by their religious faith. This story of surviving the worst that could happen to a parent in itself seems remarkable, but oh, it does not stop there. Through a series of coincidences, the Snars accept a letter from Benvenito in which he apologises, asking nothing more from them but to not blame his family for what he did. The result of the letter is truly extraordinary, because not only do the Snars read it and respond, they go on over years to establish a relationship with not just George, but also his mother managing somehow to find a place between all of them where there is not only honesty and forgiveness but kindness and caring. In a genre where we so often focus on the headline-grabbing crime, the violence, a gripping investigation and the psychology of the perpetrator, we forget the aftermath and the people who are living with it. True crime is somewhere where people appreciate facts, Podcasts and their fans will spend hours poring over the detail of a crime, all the nuances, creating theories and trying them out. What actually happened? 
what we can undeniably prove is a holy grail of the genre, which may be why the messy and undefined whirlpool of grief does not get top billing. However, grief is also a fact of life. None of us can get away from it. It happens all the time in such small ways. We don't just grieve people, we grieve homes, jobs, stages of life. We even grieve the things that we have never had. Among all that grief is layers of other emotions and we hear of the snar's return from the white-hot rage of parents whose child was taken away from them to something that is ultimate healing, not only for them, Benvenuto and his family, but also for listeners, reminding us that even when the worst happens, things which we feel would probably kill us, that there can be change sometimes in the most unexpected ways. So many of us fight to hold on to the bad things that have happened to us. It can be motivated by many different ideas. The idea that whatever happened is now a major part of our identity rather than something that happened to us. The idea that there must be a specifically prescribed justice and we have to see it happen for us to have any resolution. Or even just having no idea how to do things differently and work through something rather than holding it tight to ourselves. Forgiveness, like grief or love, is incredibly tricky. None of them can be forced. We don't always recognise them for what they are, and others may often pressurise us to get to a place we cannot yet reach. The letter reminds us that, ultimately, forgiveness is something that has to be freely given. Once one has taken a long and undefined journey towards it, it is a hard path to follow and one that has to be done in a person's own time. And certainly after listening to the letter, it feels as though reaching forgiveness is the ultimate miracle. You have been listening to True Crime Fiction, the podcast that is feeding your addiction to all things crime. You can find our website at true-crime-fiction.com, on Twitter at true underscore crime underscore fic, on Facebook and Instagram as True Crime Fiction. Please rate and review on the podcast app of your choice. Music is by Kitty Kitty Meow Meow.